With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nate Bauer, NCAA tournament win. Wow. 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 How are you doing today? Late night for you last night. How are you feeling? Uh, Nate is pulling uh, double duty all this week and uh, doing a great job at it. We're here early in the morning recording. How are you feeling, Nate, after last night's win? You know, I I woke up at the normal time despite going to sleep at around 3 o'clock. So... The the internal dad clock has it's it's not a stage in life that I ever expected to get to, but here it is, <laughs> right? I mean, there were there yeah. were times when I could make it to eleven a.m. and just sleep. You know, I just I was gonna say no. having two kids, you're used to a couple low battery days, right? Of being up late at night, getting up in the middle of the night, and, Buddy, and still having to power through. Buddy, life is low battery over here. Okay. <laughs> Forgot who I was talking to. Yeah, that's my that's my default setting. But uh, I will you know. I will disagree. I will disagree. I say that you run on full battery, but you are the golf cart that's got a regulator on it that only goes about seven to ten miles an hour. I, you know what? I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It, you know what though? Penn State played one of the more compelling games of basketball that uh, that I've witnessed in 18 years of covering this program on Thursday night. And so pretty naturally uh, my head was, was buzzing, right? I mean, it's just a, it's just such a look. I love stories, right? Yeah. That's the bottom line of why I'm in this business. I like stories. I love stories. I really enjoy watching uh, excellence uh, you yeah. know, like this is way too far into the weeds of who I am and what I like to watch, but uh, I, I don't really care who does it. When you get to see people who are on the brightest stage in athletics specifically, yeah, achieve their best, right? Like hit the PR. Yeah. That, that to me is, there's a, there's a buzz to that. There's a thrill to that, to seeing, I don't, again, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. You just, you just want to see people play well in that situation. And certainly Penn State did that on Thursday night. Yeah, they won 76-59 going away. Texas A&M, the higher seed, Um, you know, a little bit competitive early. Some some stuff in the paint made you maybe worry throughout the year. But one of the last things that you and I talked about uh, on the show yesterday was, Texas A&M, they don't they don't really guard the perimeter. And uh, I said, well, you know, maybe maybe they'll pull some Big Ten action from film. They did not do that, nope. <laughs> not at all. Yep. Yeah. It, it was it was really striking to me how 
that storyline and that of the officials ended up being huge components to how the game played out because it was truly what we've talked about all season. Penn State got a whistle last night that it hasn't had in any of its 24 Big Ten games, right? I mean, just all of the action that Penn State wanted to run. It was was a combination of those two things, right? Because Texas A&M was not so aggressive. They were losing shooters. They were helping uh, to to be on picket, which freed up shooters. It was just... It was it was Micah Shrewsbury's like dream of what Penn State's offense should look like. What yeah, what they try to do. It it, it just Texas AM allowed them to do it. And when Texas AM wasn't allowing them to do it, the officiating stepped in to make sure that that was the case, right? There, yeah. there were so many um you know, I, I wouldn't call them even really controversial calls. They would only be controversial in the Big Ten. But but, <laughs> but this right, is something just... I think has, has kind of permeated outside is that this style of basketball wins outside of the Big Ten. This totally. is a winning formula anywhere where you aren't allowed to, uh, you know, have a grappling takedown on yep. the perimeter. Yep, totally. And and Jalen Pickett was allowed to work. Right. He, he, he was not, uh, I mean, he took bumps. It was a physical game and, and yeah. there was a lot of stuff going on in the paint, but it just, when it was so physical, when there was something so obvious, the official called it instead of not calling it. And, right. and that just it really changed the dynamic of what Penn state was able to do. It freed things up. And obviously kind of the, the story of the night is Andrew Funk who just right. went, berserk right yeah. and and I, I mean it's it was interesting to me in the post game I, I i feel like that's a a convenient way to explain this as though okay penn state won by you know it ended up being 15 points but really it was a 20 plus point lead for the majority of the second half it it would be convenient and easy to just say oh well they just went nuts right they were just right. great like yeah and and but you can't overshadow that, right? Like they did go nuts. Andrew Funk yeah. went nuts. He made eight he, of ten free uh, three pointers. Yeah, twenty seven points. He did it from all over the floor and uh, from deep, deep. That's the, deep, like deep. Th- that was him going off because there were some heat check shots that he's taken throughout the year that clang normally. Yep. And yep. did he touch the rim at all? I, I, I they just it was just the the they they mic up the net so it sounds so dramatic. Yeah, yeah, and every single time it was just whack, yep. whack right through. Yep. No, he was he was he was on, and I mean, really, even that first shot was was from pretty deep. I mean, that was yeah. 27, 28 feet that he took that first shot that went in. Uh, but yeah, he he was he was excellent and deserves his credit. But the the major story that I came away with afterwards was how that was a manifestation of Penn State's preparation for this game. They knew exactly what was coming, and they knew exactly what to do to handle it. Jalen Pickett was just masterful. He he, he yeah. recognized things immediately, and right, it, it, just, it just all played into what Penn State likes to do. Okay, he's going to be in the middle of the floor, and he is going to uh, work, right? So he yep. he is an offensive threat himself, and then and so that's a, that's a tough matchup one on one. You're going to bring help, 
okay, he's surrounded by four shooters that can all make shots. And so, I mean, Buzz Williams is the guy more than anybody else in the post game. Buzz Williams, I thought, explained it really the best, what Penn State was all about on Thursday night. Pretty much uh, just what Coach said. Um, like I said yesterday, they're pretty comfortable with what they do. Um, I think that showed tonight. Um, I think they just uh, took advantage of us in a lot of situations, uh, had us rotating a lot pretty much the whole game. So uh, that was pretty much it. So, yeah, I mean, certainly Williams really explained there what Penn State was doing and what made them so good. But I, I do think that there was an important part of that conversation that he added later in his press conference where he, he talked about how good Penn State has been over the last t- 10 games, right? They had won eight of 10 coming into Thursday night's game, but Thursday night was the best of them, right? They, 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 right. they had done, they, they hadn't really, I was talking about it with a, a buddy who, you know, follows the team pretty closely and they had been good and gritty and had all of the makeup of yep. this battle tested team, but they didn't, they hadn't really gone off. Like yeah. n- none of those games were necessarily, the the that vision of of you know perfection in terms of what they want to do whereas thursday night they were and it was really on both ends of the floor because they turned they turned texas a&m over on the the other end the defensive end they really did not allow texas a&m to get to the free throw line uh right texas a&m made some three-pointers they the fact that Texas A&M took 34 three-point shots, that's the most three-point attempts yeah. that Texas A&M has taken all season. And Penn State did that by, one, closing off the interior and not allowing their bigs to really work. They didn't allow the guards, uh, right, for for Taylor to get to the rim. He, yeah. he, he had some free throws, but he went, he went two of 15 from the floor. If you look yeah. back at, at a lot of these games that Penn State has had and you look at, at the primary score or, or the most dynamic offensive threat for the, the other team that Penn State's played through this last 10 games, like I said, that has been a consistent theme of, of really locking down and limiting the top score for an opposing team. And that's exactly what happened uh, on the defensive end. And then you combine that with what they were doing offensively, which was really whatever they want. They just had an answer for everything yeah. that Texas A&M was delivering to them. I, I mean, it was it was just a, a, a comprehensive performance. Yeah, putting it all together, I think the other way to, to, especially with shooting, is not that I understand these things, but I've heard it enough times that this is the high end of their variance, right? So they, they can shoot very poorly. And when, but they're good shooters. So when they're on, you get a night where Texas A&M is now chasing. So yeah. it was also yeah. game pressure that Texas A&M is shooting a lot of these threes because they're starting to feel like the 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 uh, score is piling up, and you're not going to get there by consistently getting to the rim. You've got to be able to shoot from the outside. The other thing that I thought was impressive, and and I know that we've kind of encapsulated this by talking about how it was a complete game, but you had answers in, in the paint as well. Yeah. Jalen Pickett, his distribution was phenomenal. Uh, and his ability to see the court and to, to pass to the right shooter. And and to have the, the... And this is an underrated thing, but 
he's so good about getting the ball to the shooting pocket and having them be able to to catch and shoot. Yep. Where sometimes, especially in the Big Ten tournament, when he would do that, either that it would be an easier closeout or the ball wouldn't get there perfectly from the pass or then the second pass, so they had to turn up some easy looks. They got catch-shoot all last night. So it wasn't just the shooting. The yep. setup was great last night as well. No doubt about it, and that is one of the the first things that that Williams said was how, I mean, really, he, he called him an elite passer. Right? Yeah. It, it's such a it's such a small, it's not a small detail. It's critical. Like this is yeah. it's so huge to everything that they do. But I, I I mean I can attest to this. It's not something that I'm always looking for. Right? I, I'm not. Yeah. Like I, I see it, and when you when you bring it to my attention, then yes, it's okay. Like that's, but it's just it's such an unsexy part of the game. It's not but what it's, everybody is looking for. You you call it the old man YMCA game, and being a great passer is a fundamental bedrock of being a a dude that isn't getting to the rim. Like you know. N- Every guy can relate to this that is not 6'10", where it's like, okay, I'm not going to be able to create my own shot, so I'm going to get hustle rebounds, I'm going to defend well, and I'm going to pass the hell out of the ball. And and he does that. Like, he gets the ball to the right spot. It's the it's like in baseball when you hear baseball guys talk about, like, well, what about this situation? And then they detail the whole situation. And, like, guys that get baseball, they know the, the count. They know the score. They know the probabilities. Like, it's all those little things that, that people who love the game love and, and those fundamental details that, again, like you said, are not sexy but are bedrock to being a great uh, basketball player. No question about it. No question about it. And I, I think that Kevin Jai is a great example of how that came to fruition, right? He finished with eight points. Yeah. And so much of like he didn't, I'm not saying he didn't have to do anything, but it was in a way that I think he has been vilified at times this year or criticized, right? Nobody's like, yeah. Yes. Oh, Keba, you, you know, you're terrible. Killing but, this team. Yeah, Killing I, my heart. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's that, but some of these there's always this expectation I, I think that big men should just catch anything in the vicinity. Right? Yeah. If it, if it's near them, they should be able to very quickly and easily wrangle the ball and dunk dunk it, it right? That's just not practical it's not reasonable and maybe through time as he works on his ball skills that that will be become something that's that's better for him but it's very rare to to talk about big men like that that have a natural uh, ability right that that have a natural proclivity for just handling passes like that and so what i'm you know all of that is to say jalen pickett put it right in the bread basket last yeah. night. Like it was, it was right there for him and he was able to capitalize on that. He, I mean, he didn't miss a shot. And I, I mean, as far as I know, I think all four of his makes last night were, were dunks. So that's, I mean, that's just a, a winning formula when you can yeah. do the, when you have that side of things. And then you also have, uh, let's see here. Seth Lundy made a three cam winner did not make a three. Jalen did make a three. Dread made a three. Uh, I, I mean, that's like that's an arsenal. That's a yeah. lot of different weapons that you have at your disposal. And uh, and Micah Shrewsbury talked about how important that is to, to what Penn State wants to do. And also, like we just 
like we guarded people. That was our thing last year. We could really guard people, and probably because that's all we did in the summer and the fall, and then practice all the time. Um, but this group is different. This group is different, and now we're figuring out different ways. So um, there's just weapons. There's just weapons. Like you know, tonight was Funk's night uh, where he got it going. But like Seth has had those games. And he's going to have them for us here in this tournament, right? Like Pickett has those games. Cam's had those games. Other guys, Miles, other guys have stepped up. We just have a lot of weapons that we kind of go to and play off of and, and keep mixing up. And I think that makes us hard to guard. He sounds like he just got engaged. Like, I know that this is most that this is an audio medium. You can see, you can hear the smile on his face. It is radiating out of him how happy he is about his team's performance because yeah. it's the thing he's been trying to get out of them all year long. Yeah. But, but also, and this is, this is maybe the point that I'd like to discuss the most here that is, that is so fascinating to watch right now is they were intentional as a staff about bringing in smart players, smart mm -hmm. basketball players. They wanted guys who got it because they didn't have that last year, right? And so Cam Winner is a smart basketball player. He's an experienced basketball player. Seth Lundy is so much better. He's so much more improved, right? He, he's had mm -hmm. this consistency. And so two years of the same coach for him in his career – has made him a smarter basketball player. Pickett is incredibly smart and heady out there on the floor. Andrew Funk, smart basketball player. So you you go on down the line of the 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 players that they've have had contribute this season, and it's just such a, 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 a an intelligent basketball a, a, a basketball IQ group that allows him to do things that he wouldn't be able to do with other groups. Yeah. Right. Like that, that is the reality of who and what they are because they are not physically imposing. It, it's such a, it's such a cliche to some extent, but I mean, they're just going to beat you because they're smarter than you. They're just yeah. going to beat you because they have an answer for every single thing that you want to do. Regardless of, of size, regardless of athleticism, all, all of those different factors that make it easy to point to Texas A&M. And that's why you saw in the pregame coverage, everybody in the studio is talking about how Texas A&M is just so really good physically yeah. and they're, they're yep. going to overwhelm Penn State. Yep. Well, it was just the opposite of that. And it was the opposite of that because they managed to, to put together a group that has an unlimited playbook right yeah. it is it is bottomless how many play i mean that's john rostein his his you know tagline he's got a catchphrase for everybody but his is is more plays than broadway for for shrewsbury <laughs> and it's just it's apt it's apt yeah. because the, and there are nuances within them that they it's one thing to have that in your arsenal it's one thing to have that repertoire it's something totally different to be able to understand it immediately and be able to execute it. And so yeah. the the marriage of those two things between coach and the players that he has, has led into th this situation that they have this year.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So it's it's also, we talk about battle-tested, and we, we use that kind of as a general term to say they've lost games. They've failed and continued to play. But also, specifically, they're battle-tested against bigs. This team is not unfamiliar with going up against physically imposing guys on the interior. They play in the Big Ten. That's basically what it's about. So when you go, and, and they will face guys that are super athletic. And they're, you know, this next game against Texas is obviously going to be a huge challenge. But they've faced similar situations, and they have battled through it. I mean, you, you can't get any more bigger or more physically imposing than Zach Eady. Like, sure. that's Im- almost impossible. So... They have seen and had to deal with it, and as you mentioned, they've been able to limit guys like that through things that they've done defensively. So, yeah, from from a from a schematic standpoint, from an intelligence standpoint, and from an experience standpoint, veteran teams do well in the tournament. That has been a thing that has been documented over time, and a team that has this profile that can play the way they play, coming from where they came from, that is a dangerous team to play at this point. No question and you add to it the dynamic of the tournament where any opponent is not going to have... Now, obviously, if, if Penn State makes it to the Sweet 16, that next opponent will have, right, from Saturday until whenever, Thursday or yeah. Friday, whenever they play, uh, to to adjust. But Texas, like Texas is on a short turnaround now. Yeah. And so it is this team, Buzz Williams talked about how difficult it is to get your players to understand what's happening and how to, to play against it because of how complex and how varied what Penn state does is. And I I think that's really on both ends of the floor. I mean, I think that they do things defensively that are confusing as well. Mm -hmm. And so uh, to have this, to have this scenario in a tournament setting makes it that much more dangerous because it, it is very difficult to prepare for these guys. They are, they are very, um, you know, they just have such a versatility to them in terms of their yeah. ability to handle what's coming to, yeah. to whatever you're throwing at them. They're prepared for it. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're always going to succeed, right? Like the shot isn't always going to go in, yeah. but they know it. They know they know what's there. They're prepared for it. Yeah. And I think that that's a, a, a huge part of, of, of the success that they've had, particularly over the last two weeks. Can they keep up? You, you mentioned shooting. And I know that the three-pointer was big last week. It has not been big in every game. They have won with twos. You know, they have been in games where they've been getting good shots. Jalen Pickett under the basket in mid-range. Um, we talked about Cam Winter and his, his impact on this offense. Um, if Andrew Funk isn't hitting eight of 10 in this next mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. can they, do you think they can adapt and adjust? And do you think they have enough in the tank to be able to compete with the, with the number two seed in Texas? I will be surprised if Seth Lundy doesn't have a much better game. 
against Texas. I, I will. I, I mean, he he shot two of seven from three. He just he just never was really on. I didn't feel like in that game. Cam finished with two points, right? right? So you, mm-hmm. you've got two pretty primary scores there, at least over the last three or four weeks. That you know, Lundy ended up with ten. Uh, but I, I just I think it's fair to say that they're yeah you you, you don't expect Andrew Funk to make eight three pointers <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not a fair expectation he, hit to the, say, he almost oh, well. hit the team season average by himself correct but and, yeah. which is interesting because he made eight and they made thirteen as a team but they only took twenty two right like mm-hmm. that that is not a high number for them I mean they've they've been in the high twenties low thirties for most of the season. So they were just remarkably efficient to that end, but they also hit free throws. They made nine of 11 free throws. They, I mean, you just go on and on through the stats. They they made 48% of their shots from the floor. All of the numbers were, were, I mean, they were excellent for sure, but also things that are in some ways sustainable, right? Like, okay. They're not going to make, 13 of 22 yeah the next game out but they might make 11 of 27 they might for... end up in the same ballpark just less efficient for sure correct correct yeah. and and you would expect i would be hard pressed to imagine a a game that plays out the same way against texas like it just building a lead and then being able to milk it for I mean, it was, it was the second half. Like they were juicing the clock with 12 minutes to play in that game because uh, Texas A&M was running out of possessions. (laughs) Like there weren't enough possessions left to get back when you're down that far uh, at that point in the game. So no, you, you would expect some of those things to change for, for the next time out, regardless of opponent, but obviously with Texas and their quality, but it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a place where I think that they are not due necessarily, but what do they have to feel bad about? Yeah, right. Like if <laughs> if 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 so much of our conversation this season was how uh, you know fickle or they're a feel good team that just doesn't respond well. Well, they they figured that out. They figured out the not responding well, and they yeah. got that together. But I don't think that changes the ceiling side of this, of if they're feeling good, they can play at a level that is unlike most of what else is happening in college basketball. It's different. It's different yeah. what these guys do. And so if they if they feel good and they have every reason to feel great, I mean, I, I cannot imagine a group of 16 college age kids feeling better about themselves than this group does <laughs> right now. Like that would right. be very difficult to imagine. So, yeah. Well, we mentioned this a couple of times, Mega Shrewsbury indirectly talking about Texas in the next matchup here uh, to end his press conference. I don't think there has been a distraction about playing in the tournament. I think they've all, they're all really excited to be here. Um, but I wanted them to enjoy it. I wanted them to enjoy it. Like this is um, this is fun. This is fun. This is fun for them. They're getting a chance to be here and play and experience this whole thing. Like 
let's experience it. Let, let's have fun. It's fun seeing all the Penn Stayers that showed up and were cheering for us. But, like, we want to go on a run and on a ride, and uh, we're having a blast. So I don't think they're distracted at all based on how we prepared for this game. Um, it is a quick turnaround, and we're getting ready for a, an unbelievable opponent who has had a great year. Um, so we got to do it again. We got to trust our system and how we play and what we do, and then we got to prepare the same exact way, learn from film, watch film, and then figure out a game plan and then go execute it again. Which you mentioned, short turnaround. They're a smart team. It's going to be fun to watch. And do you feel like – for Micah Shrewsbury, he just needed to get them here to this moment because he, he's mentioning, like you said, that they're a feel-good team. They're having fun. They're playing well. It's all clicking. And I'm sure, you know, based on what you've talked about of what your vision for of uh, with this team since the very beginning of the year, you yeah. mentioned this isn't a tournament team that could be special, three-point shooting out of the gym, like – all the things were there all year long. He just had to get them to this moment for them to realize that. And now that they're here, he is trying to throw as much coal on that fire as possible. Have fun. Enjoy the moment. Play like it's, you know, play free. And it seems like it's working for them. I, I think that is very appropriate. It, it is. They, they would have been, as a program, like, and, you know, look, Everybody's disappointed when you lose everybody. Right. But last year in year one, that wasn't the expectation. The expectation was not, Hey, this is going to, you know, put together yeah. a magical run and we have all the, the right ingredients. They were purposeful in the construction of the roster of, of the players that they had on this team for this season and felt that there was, that they had the answer that they had the key, right they had the they had the ingredients necessary to be able to do something special they had the right personalities they had the right skill sets even when a lot of people not i but a lot of people would have said no they don't this team can't big they don't have a big can't do it I remember, well, I was just about to say, you remember it was about a year ago at this time we were talking about the transfer portal and we were talking about, well, what, what about, what about a five? Are they going to be able to get a center? Where, where's the big coming from? And you're like, I don't really know. And they, they never got one. And here they are, you know, all of that conversation, the transfer portal did not bring them something, but, and this is, this is going back to what I said to you, um, probably five games into the season. And coming from a largely ignorant place when it comes to basketball strategy, but I do understand differences in style. And the ability to play like they did last year and construct a team that played like it did last year, which was competitive but didn't win, is so vastly different than the team they are now. And the way they constructed this team and the way they built two separate identities in two separate years. Like, that is good coaching. Yep. And that I, I I feel like that has to be underscored here that this is different. You know, you talk about this team being different. Well, this program is different with Micah Shrewsbury yep. because they have never had the ability to be so flexible and adaptable to play in a different style from what the kind of these are our guidelines and guiding posts and we're going to play like this and we're going to play whatever version of gritty it is. And, and then to construct this, that was really impressive. Such a quick turnaround. 
Yeah. And I know the transfer portal is part of it, but like they, they did it. They unlocked, they found a combination that got them to this point. And Michael Shrewsbury and his staff deserve a ton of credit for having that vision and then executing it. And, and guess what? They're not going to look anything like this next year. Yep. This is that, not, yep. This, this is the execution of the vision they have for this year. Next year's vision is radically different. And I think the long-term vision is radically different for the type of team that they want to be. It is, it is just a masterclass in molding and uh, uh, creating really a system that is perfectly aligned with the pieces that you have. Now you need your pieces to, to do what they're supposed to do. Right. Like right. It, it helps tremendously to have Miles Dredd, right? Like the, the difference in what this team is capable of when Miles Dredd is hitting versus when he's not is is dramatic, right? He yeah. made he made he took two shots last night and he made both of them and they were both three pointers. That's yeah. huge. Evan Mahaffey being a contributor defensively. Like it's we we get uh, and and I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. The it's so easy to just talk about Jalen Pickett because he is worth talking about. He's yeah. he's so good, but it's all of that extraneous. Like it's all of the pieces that surround him that they just build off of each other. Yeah, they just right. They make. Jalen Pickett look better because they're hitting shots that those assist numbers rack up because the shots are going in. Yep. But also uh, them making shots. Uh, I, it's just, it's just a, it's just a self-fulfilling and self-perpetuating, uh, you know, good thing. Right? It's just, right. It's just a success. It's just a successful key that they've got going right now. And uh, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see whether or not they can keep it going. Yeah. And, and I know on yesterday's show, which you haven't checked out, uh, if you haven't checked out yet, go check it out. We mostly talked about things that weren't the game. You know, we talked about some long-term stuff, Michael Shrewsbury, his contract, the situation there. So if you haven't checked that out, download it wherever you get your podcasts um, and get caught up on the off-court stuff, because it does what we just talked about, of building this program and building this team specifically. And Nate talking about it's not what the long-term vision of the future is. If they ever get to a point where they build a program, Nate, and like they build a sustainable, successful model at Penn State, uh, I just want Penn State fans to remember this season, to, to... I think when when you, I don't want to say backs up against the wall, but you have to get creative with your resources. You don't have the luxury of talent. You're not bringing in uh, all the high four stars. You're not bringing in the guys that are maybe not just, just under lottery picks. You know, whatever the future gets to, I, remember this team because I, I, for me, you, you mentioned narratives and stories, and I love this story of the creativity and the resourcefulness of this staff and this team uh, to win in a way where Miles Dredd, you, meant, you mentioned he's hitting a couple threes. That's your five. Like, that's your dude guarding the paint, and he's 6'4", and he looks like he plays defensive tackle, and it's just so <laughs> unorthodox. It's just so unique. It's so creative. Um, that someday when you got a guy that is uh, 6'11 standing yep. in there and is the prototype, like just remember Miles Dredd. Just remember this team. I will remember this fondly because it's a very fun, and I guess this is my last words. This has been a very fun season. 
And this has been a very fun podcast to do. It's been great to talk about this stuff, and I've enjoyed this run. So if uh, if you're a Penn State fan, and whatever happens next, this has been super fun. Ditto. I, I can't say it better than that, and I and I totally agree. It is it is uh, such a nice. <laughs> this is so cliche, but like they're just such good guys like if you, and Mike Shrewsbury's been talking about it all year but I in some ways I lament the fact that I don't think Penn State fans and mass right on the whole like mm-hmm. the broader Penn State fan was as engaged with this group as it could have and maybe should have been from the start of the season right yes yeah. this, this was a team that they were trying to get the message out. Like these guys play an exciting brand of basketball. It's fun to watch. And guess what? Also, like they fit your vision. The, the like the Penn State thought of what a like good people are or what a student athlete should be. They hit every single box. They check every single one of those boxes off. Like these are just, they're good students. They're good players. They're fun to watch. They fulfill that underdog spirit, but also in no way believe of themselves as having like a, like this isn't luck. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't good fortune to be doing this right now. This is the execution of a well-tailored plan that a great coach put together for very good to great players, including one unique. I, I I can't imagine we'll see many more like him, right? It's just, it's a rarity to have a player like Jalen Pickett. And he's just, he's lived up to every single bit of those aspirations for himself and that the team and the program had for him. Penn State plays 745 CBS Texas, the number two seed in uh, their region of the tournament. It's going to be a fun game. You know, whatever whatever comes next is going to be fun. So uh, we will have a recap of that. Nate and I will decide how we're going to do that. Um, but we will we will have a recap of that game as well. That's coming up this weekend. Make sure you subscribe to Blue White Illustrated uh, on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, and BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Should have mentioned this earlier. Got too excited about the game. Uh, $10 for four months of access, so you can get into the lines and message form. You can get premium content. You can get all the information. And if you want information about Penn State sports, there is literally no other place you could go other than banging on Michael Shrewsbury's door. This is the place, bluewhiteillustrated.com, is where you get the facts and the information about Penn State athletics, football, basketball, wrestling, everything. So sign up now, $10 for four months of access, or you can just go whole hog and get the year subscription. Like, you know, dive in head first. Don't don't do the dip your toe in the water. Sign up now uh, because it's good value no matter what it is. Nate, speaking of good values, this has been a well worth our 38 minutes. Thank you uh, for all your insight and information. Thanks so much for having me. Had fun. All right. That does it today for the Hoops Podcast. Like I said, we'll be back with another episode of that. Uh, wrapping up uh, the game against Texas on Saturday. Uh, make sure you're following along on all of our channels so you know when that happens. Because, I mean, if they win, there's a good chance we're going live and we're going to be talking about it. So, 
Make sure you tune in. Make sure you're plugged into our Twitter and all that stuff. I've rambled enough here at the end. We will talk to you next time. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.